Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s, giving their respect on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Winza Burns, along with my counterpart, Saban Morris. How's it going, man? It's good, good to be back. Be, yeah, I was just about to say that. It's <laughs> good to be back. I've been MIA now. I've just been handling some uh, music stuff, but I'm glad to be back. Man, I'm feeling good. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, we have a lot of topics to get into tonight. Um, a couple of uh, NFL topics. Also, some some thoughts on the new NBA schedule um, with opening night and Christmas Day games uh, being being uh, revealed, and also a couple a couple of album reviews. And uh, in the second half, we're going to do a review of the Suicide Squad. But to start off with, just thoughts on Jamal Adams' major contract extension with Seattle and the potential he has going forward. Um, this past Tuesday, he signed a four-year extension with a uh, maximum value of seventy-two million. This overall process took um, five months of negotiations, negotiations with also $38 million in guarantees. And this makes him the NFL's highest paid safety. And he was a first team all pro selection in 2019 and has been named to the Pro Bowl in each of the past three seasons. Um, also set the league's single season record for sacks by defensive back with um, 9.5, all, but also missed uh, four games with a groin injury and played through uh, injuries to both shoulders. But what are your thoughts on this contract extension for Adams and, and what he can expand on uh, with Seattle in the upcoming years? It's worth every penny, man. I know he was out four yep. games last year. It was just, I mean, last year wasn't <laughs> the best season for anybody during COVID. Yeah, at all. All these restrictions <laughs> and, and things like that. So, but, but when you look at a safety or a guy who can be around the ball, he can come up and stop the run. He can, have, he can be in deep coverage. He can play man-to-man. He, could, he can cover tight ends. There's not a mismatch mm-hmm. to him. The guy is worth every penny. It's what it's like a Troy Polamalu. Uh, that's what he reminds me of. I think he's even faster than Troy Polamalu. I think he hits harder than Troy Polamalu, and that's that's yeah. saying something. And he's in well, he's a Hall of Famer now, huh, Wellington? But when it comes to, when it comes to Jamal Adams, I think he's an asset to any to any NFL team, especially the Seahawks, because they love to run stop football. They always the top five defense and run stop football led by their Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers in the league right now. So having Jamal Adams who could come down and stop the run, who could blitz off the edge, delay blitz, like he could do everything you want. I don't think he, he needs to improve any of that. I think he's a great leader on and off the football field. You see um, uh, NFL films, Mike him up all the time. He's always verbal. He's always, he's always, you know, talking to the guys, giving them motivation. So having that guy in the locker room and on the field, man, what an asset to have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, when you look at, at Seattle, they had a, a kind of an early a playoff exit last season and weren't able to get back to just kind of the, the, the same competitive nature that they have in terms of like having deep playoff runs. Right. What in particular, obviously, this is a big, you know, a, a asset to keep. And, you know, that's really going to be a, a solidified, you know, part of their defense. But what do you think is, is kind of holding Seattle back just overall in terms of being in that top tier of the NFC? I think it's the offense. I think. And I think it's timing as well. I mean, I think that how football goes, it's always a team there or really good for a long state time. So I always revert revert back to (laughs) the Patriots and how good they were for eons, right? And how hard it is to be that good at that level. The Patriot way. The Patriot way. Even the Ravens, teams like that. But you look at the Seahawks when they were really great. They had a great running back that, I mean (laughs) – the wide receiver court wasn't that great. I mean, they had Doug Baldwin, they had missing pieces, but the run game is what really made people afraid of, of the Seahawks. And, of course, the Legion of Boom, I think their secondary is really good, especially with Jamal Adams back there and still Bobby Wagner um, being at the you know middle of the field. But I think the offensive side, I think you, I think it's the offensive line as well was, was the difference maker. I've never seen Russell run for his life as much he's did for his first, you know, four or five seasons being in the NFL and the offensive line, yeah. him being sacked and touched that that many times last year. So it was kind of it was kind of hard to watch, and that's why I think he was like debating whether he wanted to stay with the Seahawks. He was up for a trade. He was he was willing to be right. traded to another team. So it's those elements. I think the offensive line is a big role. I think the run game is not there as much, and that you know goes back to the offensive line. So I think when they you know. Uh, address the offensive line. I think they have this year. I think their offensive line is stronger. That's going to be the difference maker. I mean, they have. They didn't have the great wide receivers when they were going on the Super Bowl runs, but the running game, the offensive line was stronger. So I think that's what they should start with. That was always the consistent element. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Russell Wilson yeah. is. I think is still the the same quarterback and even better. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, now, after listening to Justin Fields and, and, and Trey Lance and just kind of a comparison of, of who possibly could, could have a, a quicker um, a just opportunity to start this this season, um, you know, when it comes to, to Trey Lance, there's upside and uncertainty as, you know, after he he, he um, launched that 80-yard touchdown in his first preseason, preseason game, he was kind of underwhelming for the rest of it. And then he can have the same amount of upside as Fields, but, you know, could have a more difficult path to the starting role as he doesn't look as polished in the pocket in the pocket as uh, Justin Fields does, but in your, in in your kind of like opinion between from what, from what you saw with Fields and Lance, who do you think is more likely to start with uh, their respective teams this year? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think Trey Lance had the better, better opportunity to start just because of how underwhelming Jimmy Garoppolo has been the last couple of seasons and him being injured. I think we, he was, you saw some bright spots with Trey Lance for sure. I think with, uh, Cal Shanahan's office, I think he will be comfortable. I think he will get it. I think he will kind of get the system faster, I think, with Justin Fieldswood, with Nagy, and the Chicago Bears. And I think the the I think Justin Fields not just ready just yet. Because Justin has some good throws. He had a good some good runs, but he had a slow start as well. But I believe right, yeah. I think to get a it guy It took him time to get into it to get to get into a rhythm. For sure. And I, I believe that. And, and then when you look at Trey Lance, you think of you know you think of the 49ers. I the, to draft Trey Lance that high up, and I think he was coming off an injury too, if I'm not mistaken. To get him that early, they believe in him. And I think that's that's why his chances are higher than Justin Fields, because I think I don't know if Jimmy is in the right head space to lead a football team, especially an NFL football team, who has been uh uh you know Super Bowl contender in the last two years. So I think Trey Lance have a shot to start better, start uh, first than Justin Fields. Yeah, uh, I, and that, that definitely does seem like a possibility. And you know, before we move on to the NBA, your your guy, the the, the the head of the Green Bay Packers nation, the bad man, he, he's still he's still going to be back for one more season. What are what are kind of some of your initial thoughts on that? Because that was there was so much drama, like and just associated with it. But now we know that he's going to be there at least for one more season, and in my opinion, I still feel like this can be one of the best teams in the NFC and have a, a great chance to make a Super Bowl run. I love everything Aaron Rodgers did. I think he made a statement for football players, NFL, individual people. You know, we're individuals. You just can't cheat, cheat, you know, treat us a certain way. And I feel like he got his point across because now we have Randall Callback, who's a great asset, not just yeah. on the field, but in the locker room. They're trying to get Clay Matthews back, but I don't think that. Clay Matthew has declined. I think Randall Cobb still had juice left. I don't think Clay still had juice left. Try to get Jordy back. Jordy was like, nah, bro, I'm going to get on the couch. But having Aaron Rodgers back, and man, it makes everybody better immediately. Yeah. And you look, and in Devon, and I don't know if we could have those guys another year because Vontae's contract is coming up. I know they kind of want to give him an extension, but I don't know if Vontae's going to come back because Aaron's going to leave. And then Bakhtiari is going to be coming up. You know, it's like, those different things. It's up, it's up in the air. Yeah. But having him back for this last season or potential last season, man, it's it's uh it's bittersweet, but I'm glad he's back. I have I have confidence in love, but he's not he's no Aaron Rodgers just yet. So having him back as a leader, I mean Major. AR twelve, man. Who's who's better? AR twelve. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. What are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> Um, but now listening to the NBA and just um, thoughts on Joel Embiid's four-year Supermax deal and and what are the Sixers missing to kind of be a championship team now. Um, earlier this week, Embiid signed a four-year, $196 million Supermax contract extension, and this keeps him under contract with Philly for a total of $261 million. Big uh, money. Past year. Yeah, for, <laughs> he got the bag. <laughs> he secured the bag. Um, this past year, he made the All-NBA second team with averages of 28.5 points and 10.6 rebounds in 51 regular season games. Um, but what are your thoughts on Philly just having Embiid long-term and what the Sixers need to do to get to a championship level next season? Because we saw they were the first overall number one seed in the East, had home court mm-hmm. advantage, but still yeah. wasn't able to weren't, weren't even able to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and are kind of in a, in a bit of a crossroads with Ben Simmons. <laughs> what a win for them. What yeah. a win for the 76ers. Not and if he continues to play or nearly gets close to what he's doing now, because, I mean, he's with only 27 years old, so he has mm-hmm. a lot of basketball That's left time. to play. And he's not injured the most um, – not often, I believe. I mean, he was injured a couple times with his knees, but 
I think he's he's very durable, and he's worth every penny. But Ben Simmons got to go. And yes, dude. <laughs> craziest yes, dude. thing, I know him, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Joel and B will be together for the next three years because they're still on a contract for the next three years. Well, I mean, Tobias will be there. I don't think they're trying to trade him, but they're trying to get rid of Ben. And Ben, I don't think Ben wants to be there. Anymore. I think Ben has a, a chip on his shoulder, which you should because – Bro, you just one of the. Oh, you should have the biggest chip, chip in, <laughs> biggest chip in the world. <laughs> what should be like just, just overbearing. <laughs> I don't understand it, man. I'm I'm trying to grasp his understanding. Like, bro, like change your position. I really think he should be a four or at least mm-hmm. a, a three. You should not be a point guard. Yeah, but those days to, need to be over. To be a three, you have to you know be able to shoot the ball. Kind of a basic uh, requirement. <laughs> it's kind of basic. <laughs> like most guys just think, hey, you, you can shoot, right? I mean, like, that's right. Just I don't think you meet the criteria, my boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, no, I think it was a, a, a great win for the 76ers obtaining Joel and B, and they have to do a couple more things for them to be or get close to the NBA Finals. Yeah, absolutely. It really is one of those things because I because I think the Nets and Milwaukee they're going to be at the top of that that list for the East and Philadelphia they're still kind of they're like now kind of in the in the middle of the pack I mean still can be a top tier team in the East but there's just still that 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 big question mark of what what can they get in return for Simmons because like the, another thing is his trade value right now like a lot of GMs don't don't really want him and that's I think that's a, that's a, that's another like uh, tough part for Philly like do you think by opening night he still may be there just because GMs don't want him, or do you think it's one of those things where, at least before they, but before the beginning of the season, Philly can possibly make a deal during the season for sure. Yeah. They want to see how much he's progressed during the offseason. What he's done over the summer, yeah, exactly. And I think that's going to be the biggest part now for the 76ers. They need to continue to get guys to space the floor. They always yeah. do that. When Seth Curry did it last year. Um, Jordan Clarkson did it pretty good last year. Um, it's a couple other guys. They, they're, they're, that's what they do best. They get guys who can space the floor, who can shoot the three, to help Joel B. And Joel B is always going to be the piece of, you know, I used to always say, I know I'm rimmed a little bit. I used to always say Ben Simmons <laughs> should have hmm. been the focal point on the, uh, the offense. But that's, I don't know what I was thinking. It's definitely Joel B hands down. But I think for them to be a, continue to be a contender, Find the guys who can space the floor and then have a backup after Joel and be, you know, another center possibly. But mm-hmm. I think, pot, mm, I don't know, man. I, with Ben Simmons is up in the air because he was working the last two, three summers. <laughs> on his jump yeah, House of Highlights was saying, oh my goodness, he's got a, he's got a perimeter shot. The league's not ready. <laughs> the, league's still, the league's still waiting. <laughs> Wait, did he hit a three in the bubble? I think once. <laughs> I think he had a three once, and like everybody was going crazy. Like, oh my goodness, this is a, this is game seven accomplishment. Why? And then after that, <laughs> statue. Wah, wah, wah. but he didn't do anything after that. But I think if anything, he'll he'll be during the season, right before the trade deadline. They want to see mm-hmm. yeah. what he's accomplished over the summer. But I I still think he'll be in the seventy six uniform for the next few years. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now transitioning to most intriguing NBA opening night and Christmas Day games. Um, start with the opening night. You have uh, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Um, obviously, I mean a rematch of the Eastern Conference semis, and then mm-hmm. Warriors, Lakers. Um, the, the reports are saying that Clay probably won't be back opening night, but he will be back like in in the first few weeks of the season. Um, to, I mean, Bucks Nets is is a really going to be a really fascinating matchup just because of Milwaukee mm-hmm. starting off their title defense, and then Brooklyn hopefully with their nucleus intact and, and them being able to send an early statement. I think that that's going to be a very fascinating matchup uh, between. Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Warriors Lakers opening night. Which one do you think could possibly be more intriguing? Oh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn for sure. Now it's going to be interesting who holds KD. Giannis mm. will have to hold KD. One, because there's no more who? PJ Tucker. Exactly. In Miami. So it's going to be interesting who holds my boy KD. And Kyrie will be healthy. James Harden will be healthy, hopefully. Um, all these guys will be healthy and focused. It's going to be hard to beat the Brooklyn Nets. And they're not the same. Milwaukee this is going to be like, a, I feel like an actual like full season for them because like everybody's going to have their time off and be able to just come back rejuvenated. Hopefully Kyrie is in the right mindset too. First game. Yeah, that's true. First couple of games, you know, come out it, come out the slump, 
get your mental health, you know, in, in intact. I'm all for that. It's but important. At the end of the day, you still have a job to do. So let's 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 make a statement. Last year, they 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 were in front of you guys to get to the NBA Finals. So now you have a chance to show what you guys have done at 100. percent And I think they will be at 100. percent So Milwaukee Bucks would not be the same basketball team. <laughs> they're going to take a major down downgrade. <laughs> oh, for sure, they're not the same basketball team. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think they're going to be the same basketball. I think PJ Tucker was what a PJ Tucker was a big piece for them. Whether people see that or not, he was a, a great guy, a great defender, and a guy who can space out and shoot the sideline threes, which came in handy in some of those games. So, and he's yeah. not the only one that left, but I don't think it'll be the same. Yeah. Um, and and, and with, with Christmas Day, obviously, that's like a, a major it's, it's always a major day for the NBA because there's so many like really good games. You've got Hawks, Knicks, um, Celtics, Bucks, Warriors, Suns, Nets, Lakers, uh, Mavericks, Jazz. I mean, Nets, Lakers is, is the one that yes. I mean, yep. it just stands out the most. Out of, that's that's the one like, like that's what we got. We got Westbrook and L.A. going up against um, KD and, and Harden again. And then obviously with Carmelo and just. It's gonna be the type of matchup that everybody's gonna pay attention to because it right. it most likely will probably be a finals preview. Uh, what are your thoughts on just how what those two teams have done over the? I mean, especially LA, what they've done over the offseason to try to get back to that championship uh, contention. Whew, they made a lot of moves, a lot of old moves, a lot of great moves. Um, a lot of people gave them losses because of the moves they make. Because one, Russell Westbrook contract is. So what are they getting his money from? First of all, let's not even. <laughs> Downplay. What's what's going on? <laughs> what, the, what the Los Angeles Lakers are doing for money to <laughs> to afford some of these players? There's mob ties. The Drake. I think Drake's involved. A lot of ties. A lot of ties. A lot of ties. This is no way they can take over Russell Westbrook contract. LeBron's hey, like, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Pay <laughs> LeBron. Pay AD. Who? <laughs> like, bro. Who is paying who? But you know, I think I think it was a win. I think you got you have guys who buy who can buy in to what the Lakers because you know some of these young some young guys are pig headed. They you know some they'll listen to veteran players, but now you have a team of veteran players who know how to win, know what it takes, have played together, have good chemistry, and who wants to play with LeBron? Who wants to experience AD's one two game? And I think it's you have two ISO guys. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> You definitely have You're two right. ISO guys, yes. but you have a selfless player, LeBron James, who loves that, who loves getting people to their spots. Because LeBron can take over a game. I love when Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas breaks down how smart LeBron James is, how intuitive he such, is. Such good analysis. Bro, LeBron can take over a game anytime he wants. Anytime. But he gives up the, the shot for the right shot. Good. In addition to that, NBA executives, there was like a, a poll of NBA executives and Le- for, for like who's the best player in the league and LeBron got zero votes. I mean, it, it just it keeps happening every year where like NBA executives are like, okay, LeBron's done. It's not going to. I'm like, why do, you, why do you guys keep giving him ammo? <laughs> because it's all a business. You know, LeBron James yeah. is still the face of NBA. Don't get, don't, don't get it twisted. LeBron James is still the face of the NBA. But they're trying to dethrone him because he's going to exit here shortly. I think when Bronny is able to get to the league and, you know, I think you yeah. want to play with his last season. Play get, yeah, exactly. And then I think they're trying to find somebody. First it was Luca, Then it was Zion. Then now it's Giannis. Now Giannis. it was KD. It was like they're trying to find, but nobody's sticking because LeBron James is still playing. So LeBron James is still the face of the NBA. Whatever the NBA that's executives it. say, that's all bullmuckins. It's LeBron James. They can hate all they want. For sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, recently, it was actually yesterday. It, it's, it's caused a lot of headlines. KD and Draymond, they had an interview on uh, Draymond's uh, chip series with Bleacher Report. And one of the things in particular was um, they both kind of felt as though Steve Kerr and Bob Myers didn't handle the situation with, with their disagreement with the Clippers at the end of that overtime loss in, in uh, their last regular season together. They both felt as though like the team didn't handle that right. Draymond should have been suspended. And they just kind of went over like what happened at, at that last season, what changed for 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 KD. Like when you look back at, at KD departing from Golden State and what that era was, and also them disagreeing with Steve Kerr and Bob Myers. Like, what are your kind of thoughts on just what the Warriors are post KD and how that era was and how it will be remembered? I think it will be remembered as as a, a great era. It yeah. it's so many mixed emotion because KD went to a team that <laughs> beat him. 
came back from, you know, three games down, and then you go to the opposing team that you were supposed to, you know, beat, and then you win championships. You want to be the best player. It's a, it's a lot of headlines, a lot of he say, she say. It's a lot of opinions. Well, listen. Yes. And I knew he left for a bigger reason. It was not because, oh, I wanted to do blah, blah, blah. It had to be something very – and I'm glad these guys are so transparent to let the Such a transparent interview. Yes. And let the information go so people can actually know. I didn't try to rhyme right there, Brack. I mean, uh, well, it's I did not try to rhyme. It's just in me. It's just, <laughs> it's just in me. <laughs> it's just in you. It, it, it just, just comes me. out. <laughs> but no, for, for the war, man, the Warriors without KD, man, what a what an era. But with KD, it was like watching magic. Happen. Perfect basketball. It was perfect basketball. And the biggest thing I take from away from that team for those three years, three, four years, that everybody was selfless. Now, KD mm-hmm. said, KD was like, yo, give me the ball a couple of times. Like, bro, I do this too. But it, for the most part, it was selfless basketball. How can you yeah. do that with that many stars? Because Draymond was a star at the time. Clay was definitely a star. Steph, Steph Curry was definitely a star. KD definitely a star. How do you do this? And they had guys on Clay the Clay was still getting his even with that team. Clay was still putting up this to like 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 almost just routine clay numbers even with KD on that team. And that's bonkers. How is that possible? That's How insane. is that possible? <laughs> that's the big that's why I say it's mad. That's the biggest takeaway from them being on a team together. Because we've yeah. seen guys get on the same team and clash and not have the same uh, effect. I know they were in the later years, but look at Gary Payton. Look mm-hmm. at Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. These guys were monsters, but couldn't win a championship. But you get guys like KD and all these guys were selfless, and they win two of them. I mean, yeah, two, right? Yeah, two. Two out of three. Back, back to back. Whew. What era, bro? I don't care what anybody say. That's, that's up there with the Chicago Bulls. Any era. No one's here. Any era. Yes. I'm glad he went over there. Made NBA history. Definitely. Yeah, that, that, that is just a, a once-in-a-time type of era that, that we'll ever see in, in the league. Um, but transitioning now to our album reviews and just start off with Boldy James and the Alchemist, uh, Bo Jackson review and just thoughts on how this was a strong, melancholy, and psychedelic album. Um, this new album was released last Friday and James' ability to move between just active and passive voice is very staggering. Um, you see in detail how the Al- Alchemist is able to work with uh, Boldy James, which is just so dynamic as he pushes the boundaries of, of the modern hip-hop underground with this album. And some of these beats are among his best, like Serpentine and Photographic Memories. Um, Boldy James' consistency just has been so sharp, even for a decade now. But kind of like, what were your thoughts on this album and how this duet, how this duo was able to just mesh on this project? Hey, man, I love, I love the guy. Yeah, I love this. Yes. It's because I'm kind of biased. I'm a big Action Bronson fan. And just watching him, you know, he's in Action Bronson's crew or whatever. Yeah. So it's just like, I was kind of biased anyway. So I was going in like, I'm going to love it regardless. But I think it was a great body of work from mm-hmm. production to, to, to the, the lyrics, to them just gelling together. I mean, I thought, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I, I don't know if it's something I will continue to listen to. But I do think yeah, was, that was my one takeaway. Yeah. I don't know if I'll keep going back to it. I, I do think it was a interesting. I think it was a great moment of just music wise. And you, you like you because you at certain points, you do want to hear something different. You want to hear something unique. And it's not always going to be like that. It's like a percentage. You want to listen to what's popular, what, like what your ear loves, but also you want to hear something different. Like, huh, I've never heard somebody do this type of music before. It's really dope. I don't think I'll come back to it, but it's really dope. Keep doing what you're doing. So that's what I kind of took from it, even with my biases. Who do you think had the best feature on it? Ooh, come on, well, you can't do me like that, man. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just, I'm gonna give you my yeah. quick one. I'm gonna go with Benny. I'm gonna go with Benny because I think Benny is just, okay. <laughs> Benny okay. just as, as good right. as it gets. Right. <laughs> that's definitely top three. You know what? No, I'm not gonna say no. No, Earl Sweatshirt. Oh goodness! I just yeah, Earl, bro. I you know Earl is so underrated. 
He's so weird. Like, you know, obviously, you know, hangs out with Tyler Gray and all those guys. But it's just like they're in their own zone. And I love how you sample an old school beach or whatever because I'm a little biased too. But Earl Swisher's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Earl Swisher's uh, feature was really dope. I think for mm-hmm. uh, photography, was it photograph? Photography? I think it was uh, pho- photograph memories. Oh, photograph memories. Yeah, yeah. I think he was dope. Earl Swisher was dope. Mm, uh, I think it was Currency and Freddie Gibbs was on one. Fake Flowers, yeah. Yeah, Fake Flowers. But, uh, yeah, Benny the Butcher was number one. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so good. <laughs> it's as good as it gets in terms of just, like, his lyricism. It's, it's crazy, man. And his one-liners are just insane. I tried to hold out as much as a kid wanted to. I was trying to get everybody else. I know we, we don't like to pick the front runners. I know we don't like to pick right. the front runners. <laughs> we got to make it interesting. But yeah, Benny Butcher's like, because he's hip hop, man. Like, he's yes. hip hop. He's just hip hop. Now, no taking anything from Freddie Gibbs and, you know, um, Curiously. I think Curiously is underrated too. But, you know, Curiously has his own sound, so it's kind of different. People don't, a lot of people don't gel with it. But I think he's a lyricist too. But, you know, not taking from enough from the guy, but Benny the Butcher killed him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and after listening to to Dave's, we're all all in this uh, all alone in this together album. Um, this is his second album, and it's just it's a very ambitious project, technical and, and deeply felt. Um, his wordplay is just very consistent, and he's maintaining his position as a spokesperson for his generation and threading narratives with so much gravitas, especially in songs like um, Three Rivers. And there's a cinematic three act structure to this, to this whole project, as he also delivers rage filled tirades on social inequalities. Um, but kind of like, what were your initial thoughts on this album and the maturity Dave showed with, with the songwriting. Mm, I have mixed emotions about this. I love the title, first mm. of all. We're all yeah, alone in this. That's very, very good title. I think that's very, it has so many underlying meanings, I believe. But I think it was, I think it was, uh, I don't okay. know. I thought it, yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, nothing really stood out to me for this yeah. one. I was like, I, I listened to it one, t- one time straight through and I was like, I don't want to go back and listen to it. That's the met. Hey, the more and more these al- these album reviews, that's the metric. You got it. You got to stick with us for multiple times. <laughs> yeah, and I tried to. I was like, man, I don't feel like listening because the first time I was like, you know, cleaning. I was like, okay, this is the best time to listen to it. I'm listening to oh, it. Yeah. I'm not listening to it. I'm looking for a little like the minute minute details of the songs, of his lyrics, of the beat, of the production. The something list goes on, and then if I'm really intrigued, I'm like, oh, okay, let me. Like, my mom was like, okay, it's one song that I really like, and then I go back and listen to that, but this time I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, this is a decent body of work. I like the title. I like the the cover, I mean, the, the album art or whatever. But, mm, yeah, I don't think I would. wasn't for you. Nah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, that that is that that is definitely something where I feel as though it was, like, the first time I listened to it, really like it, and I but I, I didn't feel as though I would go back to the project a lot because – we didn't even mention it. I, I, I got to get your thoughts on Isaiah Rashad's The House is Burning because that was one we've been talking about for a while. And, and you know, just, just building that up. Kind of like, what were your thoughts on that album? Because I feel as though that's been one of the most impressive projects of, of the summer so far. Dope, 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 dope. Welcome back, Isaiah Rashad. Yes, yes. Claymore was off the TV. Wish me no. Score. What you said. Oh, it's score two. Yeah, rest in peace, young. Like, Mm-hmm. Headshots of course we that was already released. Um yeah, score, score was I mean That's Susan such a special song, song, man. Like Come him on. and SZA don't miss. Come on, guy. Come on, guy. Come on. Like, welcome back, bro. Like, thank you. I really wish you would have took Lay with you off, but whatever. I know, I know that was the one you're like, oh, this could be perfect, but yeah, like <laughs> But I they're so smart at TDE. They yes. have a formula. Always. It was like, okay, bro, I know you want to bridge. You've been in the game for a long time. I know you want to venture out to do something different. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to drop it as a single. If nobody rock with it, then we're going to have to drop some more songs or we got to do something else. And then they start dropping some bangers. And it's, and they start dropping like, I really like what you said. It's bro, so, what you yeah, said I is so... Really I, like I will literally listen to that song five straight times and have no problems with yes. <laughs> And it changes up to them like perfect. It's not the same... Um, boring format of a song it switches up it's mm-hmm. like bro like welcome back bro like, this is what so hey, get a hand so add the round of applause maurice add the round of applause for this please <laughs> welcome back welcome back <laughs> gosh so good so good 
Um, and and, and to, to end off with uh, uh, the latest, latest single from Division and Tight Dollar Sign, Memories, um, this is the second single for their Cheers to the Best album coming out uh, tonight. And it has a throwback feel, just a classic R&B sample from the 90s. And the harmonies are layered and, and lush with the production com- coming from uh, 1985 and 40. But w- what are your thoughts on this new single as this is the opening track for the album, which they're trying to set the tone for? Because I know I believed that you weren't you weren't a big fan of that at all. But, but <laughs> no. That one you just just smashed. Even maybe, maybe even harder than Lay with you. I got I got to do a poll like which one which one did you go at more? But uh, what did you kind of think of this uh, of this latest uh, second single? Better. Yes, I think it was way better. They probably listened to the podcast while it's in first. <laughs> oh oh my! Oh yo, listen to They listen to the podcast. They figure out Ty Dolla Sign cannot lead a song or cannot be the focus of the song. No, not even, no, sir. No, sir. But I think this was better. I love the vibe. I love the concept. It was, I think it was a dope song to lead. Like, okay, this is second try. This is what we're going to bring to the table. I think we can do this. I thought it was a good song. Yes. Good, 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 good second. I think this is a jump shot, you know, inside the, inside the, you know, in the arc, you know. Not for three pointer just yet. It's not. It's not no. It's warming up. It's warming up. It's warming up. It ain't not too too major. But I gotta say it for tonight. Gotta say it for tonight. Exactly. Exactly. I think it was a good song to say. Okay, we can do this now. I know it's weird. Todd Dallas on division. I know it's kind of you know interesting. It's not a duo you would think of. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Because when you sent me that last one, and I was like, hold on, what? Division. Todd Dallas on. Sure. <laughs> Which are you sure, man? <laughs> are you sure? I, I, you know what? Listen, I want to know who who approached you. That's what I want to uh, know. I, no division did approach them. I absolutely no. know he didn't approach them. No, not at all. Yeah. <sighs> wow. That is a very interesting class. <laughs> what are kind of your? It's just it's, it really is like even when I first like saw that I believed it, I was like wait they're doing something together, um, but but what are kind of your ex- expectations for this this album like do you think it, it can like be a really like just strong solid, solid body of work? I think it will be mm-hmm. just because of I think what Division solidified in their their group and what they do with their music. I think it will give Ty Dolla Sign the opportunity to be an R&B artist because he kind of panders to the R&B side more than the rap side. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gave him an opportunity to stretch the vocals, hit some things because he always, you know, do a little runs here and there with the auto tunes. But I think it gives him an opportunity to actually indulge in the R&B side a little more. I think that's why it's an interesting collaboration because he's straddling the fence of R&B artists, rapper, just like. Bryce and Tiller does, and a couple of the artists does. They kind of straddle the line. So now he gets the opportunity to indulge in RB. I think that's what I'm really, wait, you know, trying to hear from him. That first song wasn't in. I think this was a little better. I think mm-hmm. that's what the vibe should be, and I think that's what's going to be. I think it's going to be a good vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also, uh, I think West Side Gun is, is going to be dropping an album tonight. Um, Trippy Red is as well. Like, are there any other albums tonight that you're kind of, or, or any new music coming out tonight that 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 is that also kind of intrigued by and, and interested to see out hear how it sounds. Certified lover boy. Still waiting on it. <laughs> Still waiting. I don't care about nothing else, bro. I know, man, but I'm like, it's man, I'm, I'm kind of giving up hope. I'm kind of, I'm thinking this is a. <laughs> I told y'all it's gonna be October, bro. I told you, it's August. I think it's September. August, well, okay. I think September. No, you can't change now. You can't change. <laughs> <laughs> What, I can't, I can't make a September pick? No, because you already did. Yeah, I, I have the worst pick. Hey, hey, Maurice, if you're listening, I already have the worst pick. When, you, when you're off for the official review, I'm at the bottom of the rankings. I had June. Maurice had July. You had October. I, you, you, your odds are looking pretty good right now. Your odds are looking pretty really good right good. now. We, we goes, haven't even gotten a second single. Exactly. If it goes over October, he playing with us now. Oh, yeah, he absolutely sure. playing with us. All these features he getting on. and You better drop the album. God. I feel like it's going to be a longer project than we think. It may be like 17, 18 songs, honestly. Possibly. Possibly. Because yeah. he, you know. <sighs> waiting on it. Patiently waiting. Since January. I'm tired of playing what's next, Willington. 
I know, man. I'm like the scary hours too. It's just getting a little. It's getting a little stale. I need. I need to reheat right. the food. Exactly. I'm getting tired of. It's getting cold. Okay. Okay. Let's Dang. see what happens there. Thirty five level going. You there? Come on, so, man. I know we. I know a problem is this man dropped the whole commercial. Well, let's see. I said the trailer. When I say the trailer was so fire and it was so perfect. I mean, just just what a way to like to, to build up the hype for the album. Now people are resharing it on Twitter saying it's July, it's August. Like people are just resharing that every time it's a new month, people are just resharing that video and just making fun of the fact that it's still <sighs> He dropped that in July. He dropped it in January. January. <laughs> he dropped it in January. And it was supposed to come out New Year's Day. Like the album was before he before he had the knee injury, it was supposed to originally come out New Year's Day. What again? Why That's does insane. he have a knee injury? Okay, I'm not. <laughs> Cause you tore your ACL one time on stage. You're like, what are you even doing? Like, okay. Guys, yeah, just wait for October. Is it, October's yeah. right around the corner. October's very young. October very young. It's coming. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our review of The Suicide Squad. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our review of The Suicide Squad. And to start with the overview, The Suicide Squad is a 2021 superhero film based on DC Comics, featuring the team Suicide Squad, produced by DC Films, Alice Entertainment, and this uh, Saffron company, also distributed by uh, Warner Brothers Pictures. It is a standalone sequel to Suicide Squad from 2016 and the 10th film in the DC Extended Universe. Um, it was written and directed by James Gunn and Sars, an ensemble cast, including Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Sylvester Stallone, Viola Davis, David Dashelman, uh, Daniela uh, Melkor, uh, Michael Rooker, Jai uh, Jai Courtney, Courtney, Peter Capaldi, Alice Braga, and Pete Davidson. And this film was about a task force of convicts known as the Suicide Squad, and they're sent to the island nation of Corta Maltese to destroy evidence of the giant alien starfish, Starro the Conqueror. It had a budget of $185 million and brought in $118.1 million in the box office also has a 91% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but kind of like, what were your initial thoughts on this film that took risks as a sequel and also just had a very impressive ensemble cast? Ooh, so much better than the first one. I know it's not a, you know, Big sequel. upgrade. Yeah, it's a bigger upgrade. I love this new band of <laughs> party party guys. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. I mean, the other one was funny. I thought the, the first Suicide Squad was a bit... Mm, I don't know. It was just, I don't, just Will Smith. They relied on Will Smith a lot in that movie. <laughs> yeah, but this one was more funny. It, it, it seemed like the writers were trying to be funny, but it just came off funny. They just yeah. had the right actors in there. They had just people you never thought would play these roles, like uh, Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> what did they get? I was Pete like, Davidson? what? <laughs> I was so oh like, what? Pete Davidson? <laughs> but he had a lot of good cameos too. Like I thought it was, you know, <laughs> they had <a> good cameos. <laughs> oh god. Um, but no, no, no. I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a upgrade. I thought it was good. I liked the ending. I liked the beginning. I liked the middle. I love the characters, especially King Shark. That was one of my favorite. I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah. <laughs> we already know your favorite character. <laughs> Um, but, but to start off with, with from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, I, I really thought this was uh, a four-star film. It, it took a, all of the necessary risks that were required of it. Different perspectives are scattered throughout, and the visuals are just consistently effective. Um, from one to four stars, what would kind of be your particular rating for it and some of your reasons? I'll give it four. Yeah. And and I liked Idris Elba as the lead. Yes, Bloodsport. Idris needs to be the next Bond. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there. The next James Bond needs to be Idris Elba. I know he doesn't want it, but just come on. After that backlash and people talking about he shouldn't deserve, oh, he's not British or like, what? what come you, on. What? What are you guys talking about? He's not white. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> That's the reason why. <laughs> just say it. Just say it. <laughs> yeah. Be, you know, don't be shy to say it. You, you, but no, I think this, I give it four stars because, man, the writers on this one, I don't know if it was the same. It had it couldn't be the same writers, but it was mm-hmm. effortless for them. Like you said, it was a, like smaller, smaller type vibe to it. It didn't go too outrageous like the first one did. I think this one was way better. The the villain was way better than somebody who's moving like a snake and some mm-hmm. bright colors and with a unibrow. Like I didn't think that was. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, let's uh, give me off the microphone, brother. Nah, I man, I gotta let you cook. I gotta let you cook, man. Two weeks off. I gotta let you cook, man. The show is yours. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think she was like, oh, she's the greatest villain. What? <laughs> she's moving around like a snake with a oh, unibrow. They could, they could uh, CGI that off her. <laughs> really? <laughs> But she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But no, I thought sure. this was a. I thought it was better. I thought even the guy who I forgot his name, forgot his character. He don't have a beard this time. He ain't in love with the professor or the doctor or whatever. Now he's just some random guy and looks like he's from France. But I, I like. I like this one. It was funny. Yes. Like it didn't try too hard. It didn't try to impress us. It didn't mm-hmm. try. You know, some DC films and stuff like that. Some superhero films try too hard. And try to like be Marvel. Don't be Marvel. Be yourself. Like that's, that's what another, I love about this film. Yeah, that's another thing I, I was gonna I was gonna ask because sometimes we can see films try to copy other ones, even from just different entities, and then you have a different director. Like, do you think sometimes it just it's as simple as maybe having a different director and just trying to be your own film instead of like trying to cop, copy a another universe and what they're trying to do? It's for sure that man. It, that's the best time because Marvel. It took Marvel. <laughs> universe some time to get that formula right it took them some time i mean iron man was the, i mean obviously it's a start but it took them some time to find the right mixture of jokes um you know action dialogue it took them some time so don't try to copy that be your own type of movie i think suicide squad the first one tried to do that this one was more of its own they they kind of did things differently with the characters Especially with Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was still her psychotic self, but it was a bit different from the first one, which I love. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, listening to a favorite character, I, I mean, I personally would go with, uh, uh, you just mentioned it, but a Harley Quinn, she's just able to keep the charisma she's been known for so long while, you know, doing her own stunts and show some of the best qualities of the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, to you, kind of like, who was your overall favorite character? King Shark, man. Mm. Just... <laughs> Yo, it's so funny to get they got Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> got Rocky. It was the perfect. It was the perfect voice for it. And then it's, he's reading a book outside. <laughs> bro, Yo. come on. I know it. Pro- I don't know, bro. That was genius. It's like it was. It was genius. But I like his character, especially he was like, oh, I got new friends. <laughs> Oh, that oh was so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, but King Shaw, my favorite character. The Telly, the writers did it just. He wasn't even trying to be funny. It was a genuine, like, like scene, but it just came yeah. off funny. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> he okay. pulled it off like effort- effortlessly. <laughs> um, but but uh, not just think to most memorable scenes. I had Bloodsport's uh, conversation with his daughter uh, Tila mm-hmm. in prison. Uh, the mm-hmm. task force eliminating freedom fighters. Uh, Rat Capture Two and Bloodsport talking about their dads. Um, Amanda sacrificing her B team, yeah. uh, uncovering who supported this sorrow ex- experiment, and then finally uh, Amanda tries to terminate the surviving squad members. Um, so you kind of like what were some of your, or maybe one or two of your memorable scenes from this one? All of those were really dope. You always pick. Well, let me give you a rose. You always pick the best scenes first and foremost. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick a funny scene. <laughs> when it was talking about this is, this is the balance you give this is the balance you give to the show man that's why you're here <laughs> exactly see well it's, this is what I do pick and roll pick and roll effortless I love, I love <laughs> the scene with uh, obviously John Cena enters up Bloodsport and Peacemaker when they were when Valadez was introducing them to each other so he does what I do yeah but better <laughs> and it was talking about shoot with smaller bullets like smaller bullets and then the scene comes they actually shoot the bullets with the smaller bullets <laughs> which is perfect I love they reference so something and bring it back but it wasn't like a cheesy bring back it was a great scene uh, and then it was like oh okay smaller bullet and you know what I'm saying like it was effortless they didn't mm-hmm. try too hard and it worked out so yeah that was a, that was a dope scene yeah, definitely. Um, transitioning to most memorable quotes, um, I had, I think liberty is your excuse to do whatever you want from Bloodsport. Uh, let's just say they were distracted from Waller. Uh, if I die because I gambled on love, it will be a worthy worthy death from Ratcatcher 2. Um, also, all the cruelty tears you uh, you apart after a while from Harley Quinn. And then finally, I joined the military to serve my country, not to be its puppet from Rick Flagg. Uh, to you, kind of like what was 
maybe the, just like the, the one quote that kind of stood out um, compared to the other ones in this one? Wait, I can't remember the, the Dots guy's name, right? What's Dots guy. The polka um, Dots. Yeah, he can't, he got to use it and then, or not, he'll, he'll like kill him. Who's shooting off the, the circles and stuff. Uh, the, you mean the polka dot man? The polka dot man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I forgot the guy's name. <laughs> that was following him. <laughs> it was following him. And he got shot. Oh, got my shot. God. And he started, the polka dot guy started going crazy. <laughs> he was like, no, we died. And then they turned around like, who died? (laughs) It was like he was still following us. (laughs) That was still happening. (laughs) And Harley Quinn was like, "Uh, I would have known if it was this guy. Like, I don't know. And then she was like, Oh, (laughs) God, bro, best quotes, best scene, the whole movie right there. Whole nine, whole nine right there. So funny. Oh, Wellington, bro. This movie oh was goodness. so funny, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but, but before before we get to the, the what did you like the most about the storyline, we were mentioning earlier with, with Idris and what we like, just just, just yeah. so much with what he did with this character. <laughs> and you look at, at his career and, and the and and just what he's been able to do so far and developing and doing trying, you know, new new unique type of films. Like, what are kind of your thoughts on what his career has been? I mean the the person I remember him the most is Stringer Bell from The Wire. Like I always yeah. I always go back always go back to that role. Yeah. But 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 when you think about just what he's done in his in his career and what he has going forward, kind of like just what are kind of your overall thoughts on what he's been able to do? One, I didn't never knew he was you know British had the, you know that accent all that good stuff. I always thought he was you know from a brother from maybe maybe Baltimore maybe from the <laughs> West Coast. We come to find out he's this great guy who can mask a great American black accent. And then he has range. Does. He has range. So it's just like what if all he's accomplished. And then outside of that, he's been a kickboxer. He does other things. I think he mm-hmm. made music before. Like he's done so much stuff in his life and he makes great films. I've yet to see a bad film from Andrew's album. Hasn't missed. And haven't missed yet. Mm. And soon he'll be up there with the greats, with Denzel, Samuel, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. You, you think he's he's close to that that, that territory for for uh, I mean maybe a, a few years away. Oh, for sure. I think his catalog is pretty good. I think it's up there. I think pop, if he gets his James Bond movie, then he's up. There. Mm. Oh, that's that's a game changer. That's a game changer. That'll put him. That put him in the top ten. Definitely. Did you still have Will Smith, Jamie Fox, and a couple other guys that's up there too that has like a, a bigger catalog than him? But I think Andrew Zebla is definitely one of those guys that could be considered <clears throat> a good actor. Not just in the African American community, but just in general. Overall, just, yeah, overall, yeah. Um, transitioning to what did you like the most about the storyline? To me, I just like how the film, you know, had plot points for each main character, uh, resulting in the, in the development of their personalities, and just even with the director James Gunn's ideas, he really had them stretch to the max, and and it just just flowed so well. Um, kind of like what in particular, what particular element about the storyline did you like the most? One, I think I love the development of characters, <clears throat> even though some of the characters, <clears throat> excuse me, seem similar to like Bloodsport, seem similar to, you know, Will Smith's character in the first one, about his daughter and stuff like that. It's made similar, but they made it uh, in a different way. They gave him a little bit of range and he was better than, I think, was it Bullseye or something like that? Or? I think Bullseye, yeah. Yeah. So I think they kind of enhanced the, the character, even though people who wrote some of these DC Marvel characters are kind of didn't get too creative. <clears throat> but you know, I thought it was I thought it was good the development of characters, how it was effortlessly um written. I like the storyline from beginning to end. I love how they gave King Shark feelings. Like they gave him a persona that you can relate to. You know, especially when he was like, oh new friends and they start eating his butt up afterwards when they broke that glass. <laughs> That's life for you. You think they're your friends and they mm-hmm. eat you up. See, Bite you. There you go. When you least expect it. There you go, Well, it's a Life lessons and suicide. You got 21. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 the biggest thing I love is the character development because we always going to get action. We always going to get, you know, decent dialogue. But some of these superhero movies don't, you know, create a space for the actors to 
you know, expand the character a little bit or the writers to expand the character a little bit so that they could be relatable and that it won't be too cheesy or try too hard. So I think yeah. they did a good job. Definitely. Um, and, and now interesting to our last topic, 10 years from now, do you still think it'll be watchable and intriguing? Um, I definitely think it will. The, the risk that, I mean, we talked about it so much, the risk they were able to take, um, how just seam, seamlessly effective it was in terms of them just really asserting th- this 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 new type of storyline uh, with this film. And just, you know, you look at the fight choreography and how stylized this this film overall was, just a really well, um, uh, well done film. And, and I definitely think it, another decade from now, this is very current, uh, will still be watchable and intriguing. But but to you, kind of like, what do you think will will make this watchable and intriguing film a decade from now? Did you think because they're superheroes or people who have great abilities, they're not going to die, Will? <laughs> mm. you something, they're going to die. Spoiler alert, they definitely <laughs> will die. I think Spoilers. I, 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 I how realistic it was, because uh, some superhero, I always say, I want to like pinpoint specific ones, but some superhero movies don't allow or, you know, say they can't die. Well, they definitely can die. They definitely can be wounded. I think this movie does do that and gives you everything you want in a movie. I always say it a lot, but this movie was really dope. And I'm, Rotten Tomatoes got it right this time. Well, listen, I forgot to mention For that. For sure. Um, 91%. Yeah, this is definitely watchable 10 years from now. I mean, yeah. What do you think DC needs? Do you, do you, like, do you think this is a film that DC can kind of build on and just like kind of get back to, to, I mean, obviously like they take their time more than Marvel does. Marvel puts out a lot more content in some in some aspects, but do you think like this is a, a kind of like a, a jumpstart to DC maybe kind of getting in a better better rhythm of putting out better content? Yes. And to, 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 <clears throat> to talk about Marvel figured out the formula and what people right. like. So that's why I feel like they push out movies and series now because they already have a formula. DC had their opportunities multiple times and then some of the actors wasn't, you know, they didn't treat the actors well. Like Batman was their shot. Now with mm-hmm. the Zack Snyder's new uh, uh, cut, that was a start. Now you have this squad, that's a start. You have to bring characters people really want to see. Um, I think Joker was a good start. Um, just the origin of Joker, maybe. Now they got a Joker two coming coming up in twenty twenty two, I think. Which is perfect. Just now they yeah. have feel like they have they're gonna find a rhythm, they're gonna find the formula because I mean, you just gotta I, you just gotta find it. I mean, yeah, Marvel, gotcha. Marvel, yeah, did a great job of finding that. They got the recipe. <laughs> They've oh, already yeah. figured out the recipe. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially when yeah. starting getting everybody their own movies. Definitely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winsor Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morse. This has been Full Scope. See you later. <laughs>